going to be going, you know, I think I'm going to take this detour over here and use this route because that's going to keep my body healthier and stronger and performing better. So by putting this information into a client's hands, by putting it into your trainer's hands, they now can create more targeted programs to keep people on a healthy path, path avoiding the potholes, essentially, that might be part of their DNA's roadmap. So what I love about this work is the DNA, you get the roadmap, but now the, the, the beautiful thing is you now can take the actions to support lifestyle, which keeps... Hey, and welcome to the IFBA podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, which is Dr. Lois Naherny. She's the president and the CEO of DNA Power. So what does DNA Power do? Well, thanks so much, Alex, for having me here. So DNA Power does DNA testing for diet, fitness, and health. So what we uh, have been doing is taking all of the global research, published research on genetics that impact how our body functions each day and making that available to people to use. So we're really a, a world leader now in using genetic information to help people understand how their bodies are set up to support eating better, exercising better, and really getting uh, better overall health results. So really that's the essence of, of DNA power is putting DNA information into your hands, into trainers' hands, into other people's hands to be able to make better decisions about everyday health. And it is all about making decisions in life, right? Absolutely. And you know, if you think about it, how much of our day-to-day -day is truly informed by scientific data? You know, we, we, you know, we eat how we eat, we might have a little bit of information on our blood work and other stuff, but we now have a chance to actually go right into the core foundational DNA code of our bodies and look at how we were uniquely set up so that we can, you know, have just better, we can make better choices and have better insight into live a healthy, living a healthier life. It's really quite remarkable that this information is now available for us. So talking about decisions. How did you make your decision to go into DNA? Right. Well, do you know, um, I actually was a corporate executive for 20 some years and I got sick. I ended up with uh, issues with um, breathing. I was, a, there was a shortness of breath. I had restless leg syndrome. I was having issues with my cycles. I was really fatigued and I went to doctor after doctor trying to figure out what was wrong. And none of the testing, I was at specialists for, for asthma, for why I couldn't pull this full breath, a gynecologist, I even did full body scans thinking maybe I've got cancer, or a tumor. I ended up trying out this brand new DNA testing and discovering I've got genetic weaknesses related to vitamin Bs and I can't, my body doesn't absorb it very well. I actually just need a lot of vitamin B and my body works perfectly fine. And so I'd had five years of going to doctors with no solutions. And here it was, I got this DNA information and all I did was start taking nutrition, changing my nutrition, changing a few things in my diet, adding specifically vitamin Bs and all of these health issues went away. I've been perfectly healthy ever since. And I got so excited about it. I ended up, uh, buying the company and uh, I wanted to make this information available to people around the world. There was, there's just so much good information and that's available. Nice. Nice. So speaking of vitamin B and the new need higher dosages, 
So would you say that most of the recommended or yeah, recommendations out there, daily allowances, daily recommendations for intake on certain vitamins, minerals, and so on, I, are they really valid if we look into the genetic profiles? Well, that's the great thing about looking at your genetic profile is you can see exactly where you are more likely to have genetic weaknesses and need more support and where you don't. Now, I actually do believe most people are uh, nutritionally weak because of our food supplies these days and a multivitamin is a good thing to do. But if you, when you get your DNA results back, you get your results on A, B6, B9, B12, E, uh, calcium, iron, omegas, you can see where do you have genetic issues and might you need more. And now you can customize your program because where you're weak, you likely, depending on your age and your health, will need more support. And so this way we, you get a roadmap, you get an absolute action plan to say, you know, Alex, here's your results. You need to have more uh, Ds specifically, especially in winter. You need a bit more uh, support on iron. You need some more help on protein or carbohydrates. These are the areas you should be adjusting your diet and your lifestyle based on your DNA roadmap. And so it's great. It's like it's that clear that you can see red and green on the reporting uh, on where it's red is where you should be focused uh, more. And so on vitamins, as you said, we can show you where should you be taking more vitamins. We know RDAs are based on sort of a very safe level for all humans. And now you can try to customize that specifically for, for what your body needs. And we as personal trainers or nutritionists, we should be aware of this even more. I mean, not just because of the genetic testings, but even, you know, looking by the profiles of our clients and so on. So this will change, in your opinion, will this change how we as personal trainers and nutritionists operate? Yes, this is the, in my view, the best information you can have to create a customized program as a trainer or a nutritionist. Now you have that person's unique DNA roadmap. We test 70 different areas. And from those 70 areas, we can help you come up with a macronutrient profile. So carbs, fats, proteins, like what diet's right for you? It depends. We know people respond differently to different diets. It's because our genetics are different. And so we can say, here's the carbs, fats, proteins. Here are the food intolerances that you should be aware of, You know whether it's lactose, gluten, salt, uh, sugars, caffeine. We'll look at vitamins, uh, which we just had talked about. We can look at background health processes like detoxification, inflammation, methylation, uh, hormones. We can look at your specific genes and where they might need help. Also some mental wellness factors. So now you have, uh, and then of course the fitness factors, how is your body set up specifically to respond to certain types of exercise? Where do you need to be more careful on muscles and uh, tendons and ligaments or on muscle repair or on metabolizing uh, your foods when you work out. So we can, through that information, help you as a trainer know how to adjust somebody's workout so that they get the best results for their specific body. Nice. Would this help and revolutionize even bodybuilding? Absolutely. We, uh, we coach lots of bodybuilders um, and we're trying to help them get that edge. So bodybuilders really have to push their body to the ultimate limit to be prepared for a show, especially if they're competing. 
What we can do is help you to do that more safely. We can tell where your limits might be more around how you're managing up your carbs or your fats or your proteins and where you might need more supplementation to be sure your body doesn't go into a severe reaction. So we help uh, bodybuilders train and compete far more safely and effectively. Now, if you're not competing, you're just trying to be your best buff, uh, healthy self. We're also helping you get your results more safely and more specifically uh, for your body setup. So I remember there was a TED talk. It was Dr. Riccardo Sabatini. I don't know if, you, if you've heard of him. He's an Italian guy. And he was speaking that what he tried to do is to get our genetic code, our DNA code, uh, printed out in books. And it was a lot of books. So I believe it was somewhere around 267,000 pages or something like that. Uh, so a lot of books. And he, he told in a TED talk, that only 500 pages out of those 267,000 would be um, really ours. So what, what is making us individuals? But those yes. 500, as, as, as it looks, so important. So is it that much of a difference in nutrition because of those 500 pages? Yes, the answer is yes. So our DNA code is 99.8% the same. It's the 0.2% difference that makes us truly unique, makes me who I am, makes you who you are, and creates that uh, important subtleties of you know eye color, hair color, but also uh, whether we can digest lactose or whether we can have gluten. Those are all things that are variations in our DNA. So the thing about uh, genetics is we study the variations and we can specifically go into genes. So we have about 25,000 genes. And in those genes, they each make proteins which have a different function in the body. What we're doing, and the great thing about the DNA research that's been done, is it goes into the specific gene has this function, for example, uh, to digest lactose. Um, does your, and then they can study that gene for people and say, if you have this one, what does that mean? Oh, it means you can digest. If you have this letters in your DNA, it means you do not have the genes to break that down. And so the studies are quite clear on some of those impacts. So what we're doing is we've taken at DNA Power, the probably the 250, it's called variations, called single nucleotide polymorphisms, SNPs mm -hmm. for short. And we look at the ones specifically related to diet and everyday exercise. We don't look at the ones related to ancestry or to your hair color, what we wanted to do is focus exclusively uh, on the stuff that's important for your health day to day, that if we can put this information in your hands, you can make better decisions to keep yourself living longer and healthier. And so that's really what we're focused on. So the, the, uh, what you cited for the TED Talk is correct. It allows us to narrow our focus to the genes specifically that relate to uh, certain things. So in lactose, there's two critical genes. In some cases, there's just one. In carbohydrates, we look at a grouping of about seven different genes just to help give you the indication of does your body have the ability to manage this. So it's, uh, it's really exciting that that can be so clearly identified. 
Um, and so we can see what, as I said, what the DNA is your body's roadmap, really important. Okay. Sounds good and interesting to me. I will do that definitely. So I want my profile. Uh, so I, I will text you after our podcast because of this. What we've tried to do is inside the IFPA together with you too, is a special course for trainers so they can learn how to implement this knowledge into their day-to-day -day business. Yeah. I, so I want to tell you why this is so important. Um, so while your DNA is your roadmap, what's most important for how your DNA chooses to express itself is something called epigenetics. It's your lifestyle factors. And that's really what trainers and nutritionists are all about is helping influence people's uh, diet and exercise. Now, the reason, again, epigenetics is important is it tells your DNA how to express itself. And so if you are working, if your lifestyle factors, which include diet, exercise, sleep, stress, toxins, and actually your mental state, all of those can impact the expression of your genes. So even if you've got some bad so if you've got genes that are, have got variations in them and they aren't, they have the potential to not serve you very well, if you know that and work around that gene through your lifestyle, it won't negatively impact you. And so the reason that this information is so critical to put into trainers' hands is we've now given you somebody's DNA roadmap and now you can support them on the lifestyle factors and the to create the epigenetic influences that make sure that DNA, if it is got negative variations, doesn't get expressed, or if it's the healthy ones, that that's what's expressing itself. So this is why learning this stuff is so important. Your DNA isn't your destiny. It isn't exactly where you're going, but it's where your body is wanting to go. It is the, the map. And so if you've got a roadmap and you know that this route is filled with potholes, you don't want to go slamming your vehicle at full full speed through that. Or you're going to, you're going to, if your body is your vehicle, you're going to wear and tear it down and suddenly be in trouble. You want to be going, you know, I think I'm going to take this detour over here and use this route because that's going to keep my body healthier and stronger and performing better. So by putting this information into a client's hands, by putting it into your trainer's hands, they now can create more targeted programs to keep people on a healthy path, path avoiding the potholes, essentially, that might be part of their DNA's roadmap. So what I love about this work is the DNA, you get the roadmap, but now the, the, the beautiful thing is you now can take the actions to support lifestyle, which keeps and protects all of the uh, areas that could be at risk. So this is why this is such an interesting thing and, and, and program for your uh, trainers and clients to be adding to what they do. You now can have a far more personalized, preventative, targeted program for clients to get the very best results from their workouts and their diets. It just there's nothing else available like this to really give you that level of insight. I like that. I truly like that. So, okay, that's the reason why we wanted you for, for us to do that course so we can teach them all of that. And, okay, how about that testing? How, how this is done? How does the testing work? Yeah. So, super simple. So, testing is really easy. This is why it's so great because as a trainer, you can either have your client order online and a kit gets mailed to their house 
it's a simple cheek swab. This is all it is. And uh, or you can have this stocked in your in your you know bag or your kit, and you just rub the inside of both cheeks ten times, pop it off into the tube, and you mail it back. And all of the results are then available online through a portal so that you can look at these 70 different areas and see where you've got issues. And just to give you an example, it just comes in green and red. So it's really easy to read. You just go where it's, where it's green, no problem. Where it's 50% red or more, those are the areas to focus on. And so it's, and, uh, so you, you get your roadmap. This is the vitamins. Here a person needs to focus on Bs and Omegas. The rest are pretty good. And then you get an entire uh, set of pages on the specific recommendations of what you can do to help deal with that. So it's really set up that you just have to say, okay, this is red and here's the recommendation and print those pages. And those are the pages that you can be advising your clients on. And really that is their lifetime uh, roadmap for what they should and instructions on how they should be living, how they can live healthier. I have to ask. So we are still, and I, I, if you would ask me two years ago, I wouldn't imagine that we will still be in times of COVID. Would you say that since the mRNA vaccines and everything came out, was this something that helped in some way uh, to get the DNA testings and so on more popular than before? So there are, of course, being in genetics, I have a lot of views on mRNA vaccines and where they are in their levels of testing. And I see some of the pros and the cons of that. And uh, I have lots of different ideas. Uh, the one thing is people have been cautious about DNA testing going, ooh, DNA testing. I mean, is it, uh, is it safe? What will, can somebody clone me? What happens to my data? So. Just to rest and have people be assured, we never, your data is 100% private with us. We never uh, sell your data or expose your data to anybody else. Your sample, we only collect exactly what you need for what we need to produce the results so that we don't have your entire DNA. So you couldn't actually do anything with this data other than how we put it into the reports. So your data is safe and then your sample is destroyed. So in terms of privacy, that's safe. When you go to some of the bigger ancestry companies, they do buy and sell your data to the pharmaceutical companies. So be aware that there is a different uh, data things that can occur. Um, so we're really just focused on information that you can do something about. We keep it safe and healthy there. Your, your question was though, are people more open to this now? Well, yeah. you'd think that they better be open to it. If you're injecting gene therapy into your body through mRNA vaccines, you would think doing a simple cheek swab is a pretty, uh, should feel pretty safe to learn more about your unique genetics. So I hope, and we do see that people are more comfortable with uh, DNA conversation now, perhaps than they used to be, both through all of the ancestry work that's occurred, also through the amount of discussion about DNA that has been on the news virtually every day now for two years. So my hope is that people feel very comfortable that this is an exceptionally safe and simple and easy way to learn more about your unique genetics. This, but you mentioned something that I, I hope we won't get banned by this, but gene therapy is it so the mrni vaccines would you consider them like genetic therapy 
Well, I would because you're you're putting a DNA, you're putting an uh, an RNA strand into the body and causing the body. It's a protein that causes a reaction and, and creates your tells your own body to then respond to it. Um, and they are putting in 50 billion um, mRNA fragments into your body, and then it mounts a spike protein response. We don't have a lot of research around what that does over an extended period of time. And so, uh, you know, I think people just need to be aware and um, be thoughtful uh, and try and be as informed as possible about uh, the decisions they make around uh, taking some of these. Uh, you know, there's, we know, I study heavily natural immunity. And I know when you align your body and your DNA, your immunity is going to be so much stronger. I can see in your DNA, do you need more vitamin D? Because we know that's a number one factor on people who get hospitalized with COVID have dramatically low vitamin D levels. I know through all of the testing and things we have, if you do your C, D, zinc, NAC, uh, uh, N-acetylcysteine and yeah. quercetin, all of those are beautiful supplements to support your natural immunity. And the work that we do is around preventative health, personalized health, building up your natural immunity. We want all of our clients to be able to use this information to be as absolutely healthy as they can, as safe as possible. We actually did build a test uh, related to uh, immunity um, on the genetics related to the blood type and cytokine storm and zinc and other things that we know contribute to uh, poor outcomes uh, through from COVID. The, the, re the research, we have the data available and we can produce the reports, but it's... Um, I, there's just so much more research that has to go into it. I can tell you what genetics you have and if they're good or bad, but we haven't got, uh, I still really support all of the, the, the many, many natural supplement treatments that you can learn about uh, on online like ZStack, Zdenko protocols, other things. So many doctors have got uh, information out there around natural ways to support your immunity. And in the end, our bodies are smart. They want to be healthy. They want to do what uh, they should be doing, which is helping us live a, a healthy life. And so we just need to, by using that DNA code, we can, uh, we can provide the best support to our uh, bodies and our natural health that we can. Okay. Would you like to take more into the, you know, the forbidden topic? <laughs> because it is forbidden. So. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, I would just encourage people. Um, there are so many uh, other alternative sources of uh, information that's available online. I'm very happy to provide uh, lots of links uh, separately if you want to put some of those in. Um, oh, I do encourage people focus on your natural health. Absolutely. The studies are very clear. If you have had COVID, that natural immunity and your natural body's response is more robust lasts longer and will keep you healthier. So when you get the uh, mRNA vaccine, it generates only a spike protein response. There is an entire set of uh, so many other factors that your body responds to when it comes to when, when you are exposed to the virus and you want that full blown T cell, B cell, other uh, responses to be built up in your body. You don't want it to be dominated strictly by a spike protein response. You need the fuller uh, body response. This will support your health over 
not just this year with this variant of a virus, it will support you over five years, 10 years, and 20 years. And does your immunity last that long? Not necessarily, but does your body, has it learned to respond naturally? Yes, to a broader, uh, a broader uh, virus, yes. So you need to be careful of a mono, a mono response because it can create some distortions. Uh, there is certainly research that's showing the more that you get, the more shots, the more boosters, the more decline in, in your natural immunity over time. And so that's the cautions is that we need to not look at what is the response in one year, what is the response over two years, five years, 10 years, and what happens then uh, on uh, that uh, whether your body can now match mount a natural immunological response when it has been kind of taken over by a different method and we just you just need to be careful that you don't impair your long-term immunity okay so would you say that what's happening right now is this something that we've witnessed the first time or is it something that in your opinion was happening way before COVID. You know, the, the virus uh, mutates, obviously. So the natural immunity that we develop when we get infected is therefore way better because it, it offers a broader spectrum of immunity, right? Correct. If I got this right. So is this something that, that it's happening the first time? Because, you know, when you listen to all the talk right now and there's, what I'm missing is there is no discussion going on. No public discussions are, you know, what would you have is someone that says, you know, the obvious thing. And then if someone says something against it, he's a conspiracy theorist automatically. But, you know, what I'm thinking of, and I'm not an expert in this field, but didn't viruses always mutate? Didn't we always respond it? pretty much the same way from our DNA, from our natural immune system and so on? So um, our bodies have always had to respond to viruses. We know that they've been producing flu vaccines and the flu vaccines have to be changed every year. And every year that flu vaccine may or may not really hit the strain of what is out. And so, you know, some people will choose to do a flu virus a vaccine, some not. They change every single year. The same is absolutely the case with COVID. It is going to be changing and mutating all the time. What they are not sharing uh, openly in, the, in uh, the research that's coming out is when you vaccinate in a pandemic, you create a leaky vaccine that causes and generates and forces more variants in the population. So if that vaccine is not stopping the spread, is not stopping people from getting sick, what it does is it causes the virus to protect itself and create more mutations. So the more we're vaccinating, the more variants we're actually creating and pushing out, out into the, vi into the environment, causing the body to have to respond to that. I just believe that, you know, it should be a choice. You absolutely should be able to choose. And I wish people had more information about it. I do encourage people to look at the VARS databases for the amount of vaccine injury that's occurred, not only for this vaccine, but all of the vaccines uh, previously. There has been a lot of research that I have been following for many years on 
who gets vaccine injured and why. And I can see some of it in their genetics when they're more likely to have a negative impact. And so I'm starting to see it now that the people who have some of the cardiovascular markers, I'm seeing those people have more heart inflammation issues from the vaccines. I'm seeing people who have something called the APOE genes linked to Alzheimer's and plaquing, having more um, cognitive um, and mini clots occurring in their body. And I'm seeing uh, people who have hormone issues have more uh, period issues. So many women that I know that lost their periods or have extreme periods now following this. This is because the body, when you put in the mRNA vaccine, mounts has to mount a response to the 50 billion mRNA fragments, and it causes the body to somewhat overreact. And depending on your genetics, it can go to the brain, the heart, or the ovaries and the testes. And so that's why we're seeing a doubling of the rates of myocarditis uh, and pericarditis in uh, people, particularly athletes. So um, double the amount of athletes have died this year from uh, heart attacks. Those are the ones that we have documented. We don't know, we don't have full documentation in the VARS database of who has all been injured through vaccines, but we know it creates injury. The FDA on its website has a list of all the known side effects of the vaccines. You have to dig into a presentation on slide 28 or something to see the list. And every one of those side effects has been recorded in the VARS database, but is not being made uh, available publicly to people to see. And so it can be, uh, there's many syndromes. Again, you, we're seeing both brain, heart, and ovaries. I personally know many people who have, where suddenly healthy people died of a heart attack unexpectedly um, that have um, severe uh, period issues and may have fertility issues, we'll have to see, and that have had uh, brain episodes, gone comatose. Uh, and this, this happens often within two to four to six weeks post. But what we don't know is what happens six months and 12 months and several years after the fact. We And so this, I don't know what happened in Europe, but right now there's, everybody has got COVID, uh, the Omicron, uh, right now, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, everybody's getting it. So we know that the current vaccines aren't protecting us from getting it. I, I, half of the people I know have been sick. Um, and we also know that the, the people that are vaccinated are sometimes more the super spreaders because the unvaccinated are locked down. And so they can't be spreading. So this has never been a, 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 a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It was just the way they recorded the data. And if you look at the CDC website, the CD website, CDC website says you're considered unvaccinated until two weeks past your second inoculation, which means that even if you, so if you got an inoculation, and then got COVID, you're considered unvaccinated. If you got your second one and you got sick within those two weeks, you're considered unvaccinated in many of the way the countries report mm -hmm. this. So those numbers were overinflated on, on who was getting it. Now that the numbers are pretty clean, because most people have been double vaccinated for a period of time, you're seeing the December figures being much higher. The UK has very much clearer data that by far it's vaccinated being hospitalized. 
you're getting both, but you have to really dig underneath and say, how did they categorize it? What is considered vaccinated or unvaccinated? And is the data clean or not clean? Because we know people are going into hospitals. I know that you heard this in, in Florida with bullet wounds and still being considered a COVID case because they swabbed and tested positive. So you just need to be careful. My encouragement for people is do alternate research listen to some of the other things and draw your own conclusion recognize that media is owned uh, and funded by pharma um, and therefore they do get to control some of the messaging and so if you're looking at your regular news just recognize that your sponsors get to dictate some of the messaging on there my question would be why in two years was there no information about vitamin D, C, zinc, quercetin, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine? Why is that not on the news? That's because it doesn't support the messaging of the sponsors. And so do your homework. Look at the alternate things. There's great podcasts out like the Joe Rogan and others that have tried to, to put out the thousands of doctors that are trying to state other cases and are risking their careers because of censorship to talk about alternate um therapies and alternate ways to manage uh, COVID. Um, there are many ways. I had COVID at the beginning of uh, the pandemic, uh, March 2020, but I, I know how to manage uh, through all of my natural uh, uh, techniques. And so mm. I was sick, got better. I'm fine. I know I've been immune and, uh, and you know, I haven't had to worry about it, which has been fortunate. So anyway, lots of different considerations. I, I'm happy to answer. I do research every single day on this. I've read thousands of research articles and papers and listened to many, many doctors on all aspects. I support choice and I support transparent information for people. So just always do your homework. Good thing. Thank you for this uh, extensive answer. I like that. So un, un, unless we would be able to change something happening, then we would have to dig deeper in this. My question, my next, my next question would be, so can we, with the DNA testing that we provide, so the DNA power provides regarding nutrition, exercise, and so on, can we to a degree say that if we follow the guidelines provided, we would be not less susceptible to get COVID or, you know, other virus, uh, respiratory, uh, respiratory virus diseases, if we follow those guidelines, so we will still get it, but we will get away with a mild um, case, mild symptoms. All we have to do is look at history to know the answer to that is, of course, yes. We know that the healthier you are over your lifetime, if a flu comes along, even a really bad one, you get sick and you recover. And your body actually remembers some of that and builds up more immunity over time. And so the whole point being, if you look at, the, again, the stats on COVID, it's people with multiple comorbidities that are the ones who have died. It's not people who are, who are healthy. We know our younger people and particularly are at such low, low, low risk of this. And so part of that is allowing the body to do what it's meant to do. So if you follow your DNA, what you're doing is avoiding foods, avoiding uh, and, and boosting areas where you need support to decrease the risk of inflammation in your body, because when you're not eating according to your DNA, you have a higher risk of generating inflammatory responses in your body. And when you do that, 
your body's now got to be fighting and and it's it's it sets you up for more autoimmune and and other types of conditions and so when you're uh, again eating according to your dna you're just going to keep your body healthier and so when you're healthier we know you don't get as sick you know we know that you recover you know lots of people go years without having any issues I always, we always encourage people to also take some vitamins because our food just isn't as strong anymore in the amount of nutrition that's packed in each uh, thing that you eat. And so, you know, it's really, let's get into an entire era of um, good health, good exercise, and really just being conscious of what we put in our bodies. We truly are what we eat. We are what we are exposed to. Um, and so, you know, keep toxins out of your life, you know, try to try to live as clean a life as possible. And, and that's how you're going to live to 100 and to 120. Our bodies are designed to live to 120 if we keep them healthy. And now for the first time in history, our lifespans are actually decreasing due to chronic disease. And so we don't want to live the last 10 years of our lives sick. So following uh, your body's roadmap, um, and honoring that through healthy lifestyle truly can make the difference. We all want to live long, healthy lives. We don't want to be getting sick. We certainly don't want to have to have fear and be worried about COVID. Um, fear suppresses your immune system. So just look after your body and then um, it'll trigger all kinds of healthy responses. Okay, so if this is the roadmap of my body, can I take a detour occasionally? Can you take a detour? Yeah. You know, absolutely. Birthday absolutely. parties, picnics. I, I enjoy that kind of thing. Do you know what? I do too. And, you know, so the thing is, it's all around, as we always say, and everything, some level of moderation. Um, I drink wine, I have chocolate, uh, but I'm also, I took out most of the lactose out of my diet based on my genetics. I'll occasionally have a little bit of cheese, but I have very good gut, um, a gut biome. So after your DNA, you next need to say, do you have good gut bacteria? And is that supporting your health? And so, you know, I do probiotics. I have, uh, uh, you know, I'll have uh, fermented foods. So I know that if I have a bit of cheese, my gut is strong enough to support that. And I'll have some, I'll just go to more dark chocolate. And as I, I, I do organic wines and I try to find them with low sulfites. So I'm just trying to, I still have all of the wonderful treats that I love. I'm just finding slightly healthier versions of them to be sure I keep my body healthy. And truly, I, honestly, I am so much, I'm healthier now than I, I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago because I'm just really living according to my to my DNA. So yes, you can have a party and yes, you can have a picnic, but make sure you are truly feeding your body with healthy food. And once you start getting into a healthy diet, your body just craves it because it knows just how much that's doing for it. Okay. I will I will ask you some personal questions right now because I don't want this podcast to be, you know, just um professional as such just talking about training nutrition blah 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 we all like that but we sometimes get fed up with this too so ma'am what are you doing for your exercise ah very good i am fortunate that i live right on the edge of the forest and so i and i have a dog sleeping on the floor down I've here seen it. i've seen it before. Yes. and uh, so i go i hike every day in the forest i love the uneven ground when you go into a forest you get two percent more oxygen exposure it just revitalizes you so i hike the uh, mountain paths each day 
Um, I start my morning and evening um, with just very quick uh, yoga. So I'll do really two sun salutations, uh, running through a bit of a routine. It's only five to 10 minutes, but it means I've opened up my whole body to start my day. I even have a couple of yoga stretches I do in my bed. It's kind of catch the cat by the tail just to do some twisting where I can still kind of doze and uh, and uh, and do a meditation. So I'll uh, if I start right from the beginning, my morning is I'll kind of I'll, I'll have a, a light alarm that just says wake up enough to start doing a meditation in bed. And I start with a love meditation. I just go, I'm going to feel love for my heart and uh, from the universe and know that I, I am loved and I, I love myself. And then I send love out to all of my family. I send it out to my community. I sent it out to uh, you know my continent and I send it out to the world. So I try to wrap, wrap love as a starting place. Then I set intention and I will give some, first of all, gratitude for the day and for what's ahead. And I'll set some intentions around how I want to show up in terms of being, uh, you know, compassionate, thoughtful, uh, potentially provocative, whatever it may be. Um, and then I will, you know, try and lock in that intention for the day. Then I get out of bed and I will do my yoga routine. I'll sit for a few minutes uh, and then I launch into my day. I, I do intermittent fasting, so I uh, try to not eat after seven at night at the latest. I'll have only a herbal teas at night, and then I'll often um, delay my morning breakfast till about 10 a.m. so that I'm getting 16 hours at least of uh, sort of that time for my body to clear itself out. And then I'll, you know, start with a banana and then a smoothie. And I, I'll tend to have a light breakfast, a little bit of lunch, and then an earlier dinner around uh, six. And then it, during that late afternoon, I do my hike. I do a little bit of uh, sit-down meditation. Once I've shut my computer off at night, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. So I work day and night, seven days a week. Uh, and, but I also pull time out of my schedule to live my health and to be healthy and to mm. get that extra water or to, to get outside. And then... Um, uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit of, the, as I said, my yoga routines and then head to bed. And so that's kind of my daily routine. Do you drink coffee? I drink one cup uh, only. Uh, my DNA is 50% um, red. And I used to drink like three, four cups in the morning. And I thought I was stressed from my job. And it turned out once I realized and pulled my coffee back to one cup that this stress feeling all went away and I was perfectly fine. So I've, I have one cup. At least one cup. I don't trust people that don't drink coffee. Well, I'm, I'm it depends on your DNA. So Alex, this all depends on your DNA. I'll bet if you can drink lots of coffee, yours is all green and you just have at it because your body metabolizes coffee. it well. I love coffee. There's no life without coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, same thing with wine. What many people don't know, and this is the first time that I'm mentioning this, uh, here is I was a sommelier, so I like wine. I was even back in the day, I was trying with um, three wine producers. So I, I helped them to sell wines and everything. So I got, you know, I was doing a lot of stuff in my life. And as I figured out today, you did too. So you said in the beginning that for 27 years, you were, you were the CEO of a company or no, I was a, the executive vice president of large corporations, both in technology and shipping. How was 
that going for you? Not so oh. well? So those were those were fantastic parts of my career, and I am so happy not to be doing that anymore as well. I loved every day of what I did. And so if I go way back, so I'm one of these people who's had like 27 incarnations in, in, in my life and career as well. I grew up on a vineyard. I grew up working in wineries. Uh, I grew up stomping grapes. So I, I have a, a passion for wine as well. Um, I probably I worked probably 20 different jobs before I was, you know, 25 and kind of embarked on my career. Uh, I lived and worked in Europe for many years as a consultant restructuring companies globally to expand their operations. Uh, in this corporate career, I ended up then becoming, you know, an executive vice president in technology companies, one of them which was a was purchased later on by SAP, which many people would know. I did my doctorate then in uh, in international business, but specifically in health. And so I started in my uh, corporate career and in my health career to start, or in my uh, work career to move a bit more into the health. So I was advising uh, uh, health authorities on how to do uh, set up for the best care. And that was when the part of the beginning for me getting into genetics. Um, I also adopted identical twins uh, in 2002. Uh, from Vietnam, and I these twins were completely opposite, even though they were identical girls. Uh, one of my daughters is actually now a boy, uh, and was is transgender, and we. So I've been through this experience of of how could identical twins be that different, and so I I got fascinated about genetics. 20 some years ago and have been studying it since and really learning so much around how what the code means but how much is nature and how much is nurture how much is the lifestyle how much is the genetics that impacts that and as i said in this corporate executive career traveling around the world i managed uh, over 100 employees worked in 20 had 26 offices 16 countries that's with the the last uh, corporation i was with um really uh Loved what I did, very exciting, uh, but I got sick. And uh, I let that really change who I was and change my life and change my health. And I ended up, it culminated, Alex, uh, not only with specialists, but I showed up at the doctor ready to collapse and I was sent to emergency and I was admitted immediately for blood transfusions for two days with five-year-old twins at home with a babysitter and my husband out of town for work. And suddenly I'm in... I'm in the emergency room hooked up about to my, my body about to collapse. That's how bad I was. And, you know, you look at it and go, why should you let yourself get to this place? It does not make sense. That is not what life is about. I continued my corporate career, but the DNA information gave me the answer. I found that health. I started to become an advisor to that uh, startup DNA company. And they kept approaching me to be their CEO. And I said, I'm going to do this and ended up joining and uh, taking over the company. And here so, we are today. Seven years later, I love it. I help people be healthier every single day. I love what I do. I know that this provides answers to people to live a healthier life. And really, we all need to invest in our health. We need to take power over our health. That's really the most important thing. When you've got your health, now you can live a really great life. It's the best feeling that you can get, you know? I'm in this industry for, and I was doing the math right now. So it's over 22 years. I'm getting old too. So if you, if you ask my little daughter, she's telling you that I'm old. 
I'm not that old, but I, I'm, you know, time is just flying by. And for 22 years, I'm coaching, training others and, and help them to enjoy a better life. Perfect. So this is, you know, some, some kind of a connection that we have. So before, before bring this to an end, because I've took way too much time from your way today is if you would have to put out three main things why a personal trainer should take the course the dna testing course what would those be so the three main factors that we should consider as personal trainers great so the first one is you can create a much stronger personalized targeted program for your client through this dna information you now truly can create a personalized program and so really isn't that the most important uh, thing that you're doing. So that would be the first. The second then is it will be a healthier, more supportive program for that person. The third is it's super easy. You can do this in such an easy way. It's all set up with the instructions of how to do it. To do that, it's a simple cheek swab, send it in. It just supports your expertise uh, in terms of how you're uh, designing and supporting this person in such a strong way. And I'll add one more is that we do offer you a, uh, we do offer a commission to people. When you do this, you, it is a way to earn some revenue. So you have the option of, you can sell it discounted to your client and, 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 um, or you can take a commission on that product. So, you know, we're, uh, we want you to be able to be successful using it and, we set it up in a way that we believe it's very easy for you. You get lots of support. Uh, you can advise people better, and it actually adds to your business. Good. Good to know. So thank you for that. Thank you for being my guest today. We will definitely um, get you know, behind the microphones once more in the future. Absolutely. I look forward to it. And I'm looking forward to uh, delivering the uh, online genetic uh, diet, fitness and health specialist certification program uh, very shortly to some of your clients. We'll do that. Thank you, Lois. And well, stay with us. Follow us for more amazing podcasts, more amazing guests in the future. See you soon.